Welcome, Bouncer Backers, to this week's episode of Bouncing Back Stronger, the podcast where we explore the incredible power of resilience, personal growth, and triumph over adversity. I'm your host, Sarah Jane Vasquez, and I'm thrilled to embark on this transformative journey with you. Whether you're seeking inspiration, guidance, or simply reminded that you're not alone on your journey, Bouncing Back Stronger is here to support and empower you. We believe that every setback is an opportunity for a comeback, and every challenge is a chance for growth. Let's go. Welcome to Bouncing Back Stronger. In today's episode, I am joined by Dean Boland. Now, Dean is the operations director of Polka Stays, a company that he owns along with many more. And what's brilliant about Dean's story today is that Dean has faced adversity in his life and he's used it in a way now in the corporate world. He worked a lot on his mindset. He worked a lot on his strength and the way that he now carries himself forward. And so without further ado, welcome, Dean. Welcome to Bats and Bats Stronger. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. We were having a little talk just earlier. It's really nice to have yourself on because I guess a lot of us who've been through adversity go into, you know, maybe helping others in the way of, you know, therapy or coaching or wellness or, or that industry. And it is lovely because you're in the property industry, the property world. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so I am currently in property. We have... We do a multitude of things from developments, flips, buy-to-lets, but we, we branched out recently into serviced accommodation and that's where we're going to focus our, our efforts over the next couple of years. But it's just funny you saying that like a lot of people end up down the, the, the coaching route. We've been approached or I've been approached recently as a coach, like, will I help coach certain people to get to the level that, that, that we're at? And, and that is something that I'm trying, like I'm building at, I'm building towards being able to, I love helping people. So, yeah. So, so why wouldn't I? And of course, you do have your own experiences as well. So, I think you'd be absolutely fantastic in in that area where you're oh, helping thanks. you're helping individuals with their mindset of you know of moving forward and not allowing their self doubt or perhaps limiting past beliefs to block to block them. So, I think yeah, it'd be I fantastic. Think mm. I think it. I've certainly seen a change, a massive change in me in the last year in terms of in, in terms of mindset. I now have a very good and strong mentor and previously and still have a therapist. But I think some some of the the reassurance and the self doubt has been knocked out of me more so from my coach and mentor, coach and business mentor. And um, but I would have never got to that point without without some of the previous steps that I'd that I'd taken. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll go into those in a moment. Because I think in in business, particularly when you're self-employed, there is perhaps that, you know, you need that little bit extra when the times are tough, when the chips are down or when you don't get a deal or, you know, when something just goes wrong and it, it, it seems to sort of like it's all on you and it's your responsibility. So to have the knowledge and the strength work on a certain areas and that awareness, I guess, that can keep you buoyant or, you know, yeah, okay, be not down, you just get back up. Yeah, certainly, yeah, more so with having you with having your own business. I'm mm. quite fortunate. I've got a very good business partner mm. and we bounce off each other and he yeah, can good. tell when I'm not feeling great and mm. he'll do something that I need right there and, and right then. Easy, quick example, a couple of weeks ago, he knew I wasn't feeling great. He messaged me and said, right, let's go and do something crazy. And I said, no, I haven't got any energy. I'm burnt out. I'm tired. I'm, I'm not I'm not in a good place. And he was like, get up. We're going. And we went to Ninja Warrior and spent an hour absolutely running around like we were 12-year-old kids <laughs> left there full of just like, yeah, yeah this, you know, but he knew he knew exactly what I needed and it works that. The, the same way, you know, when we get yeah. a knock back in business, when we get a, a deal rejected, mm-hmm. when something doesn't necessarily go our way, mm-hmm. then I, I'm I'm fortunate we've got each other to to be like, right, I know, like, 
you know, we've, we've known each other a very long time. So it's easy to say, I know how he's feeling right now. I know what, I know what we need to do to bounce back from this. It's great that though, isn't it? To have that relationship. He's your business partner, but to have that relationship, that's a two-way street as well. Yes. Yeah. And I'm not, not sure how far either of us would get without having that. Yeah. Like I, I, I look at some of my, some of my close friends that are also in business and, and that are on their own though in business. Yeah. And I often think like, I just, I just don't know how you get like, yeah. how do you manage some days? Like who yeah. picks you up? <laughs> yeah, um, it, yeah, it can be tough. I think my husband has been very good for me in business because, you know, of course I'm on my own in the business, but he's also self-employed, but he's been self-employed for a very long time now. And perhaps, you know, when I'm having those down days and I'll say, oh, this hasn't worked out and this didn't work out. And he'll, you know, say to me things like, Sarah, that's business. That's what happens. And, you know, it's not perhaps linear and you're not, you know, perhaps these things do come that you least expect or you'll get curveballs, but you just have to crack on, you know. So it's good as well for me. I'm not sure how much he enjoys it, but for me anyway, to have that, (laughs) to have that support, it is just, I guess, supporting everything as well. So before we sort of go into all of that for you, let's, where did it all start for you, Dean? What I wasn't always happens. in property, no, and I've worked, I worked full, t- like full-time hours from around the age of 14, 15, mm. which sounds, you know, when I tell some people, certainly when I tell some people that are younger than me, they're like, no, you couldn't have worked full-time hours at 14, you'd have been in school. Yeah, I was still in school, mm-hmm. but I would work more than 40 hours a week. But what I did that doing? for specific, I did that for specific reasons. I worked in, uh, it was a complex that had like a restaurant, a hotel, an Italian restaurant, a function room. So there was always something moved between them. So like I would do, I'd help sell a man in the morning on a Saturday morning. Then I'd go and help the chambermaid sort the, some of the rooms out. Then I'd come across to the restaurant and I'd work a few hours in the restaurant. And then I'd go over to the function room and I'd finish the night off in the function room. So I could easily rack up my 40 hours in the weekend as an example. To, but still go to school at the same time. I still go to school and oh. I'd finish school and I'd go straight, like straight to my job. And I'd do a few hours and there was, there was always work there for me. And I, like, I loved it. I, I enjoyed it. And for me, it was to be able to escape from the house. Like I, you know, yeah. didn't have, didn't ha- wasn't having the best of time at home. I wasn't comfortable at home. I wasn't safe at home. So for me, it was, it was, it, 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 it provided two things. It, it pr- provided my own finances and a, a place to escape to, and to be around people that actually were looking out for me. Uh, and would would make sure I was safe. Uh, so so for me, like those times were those times were brilliant. But then that also meant that I had money behind me by the time I was sixteen, and, and a very I could strong move work out. ethic as well. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. and being around uh, people a lot older than me, mm-hmm. I matured quicker, or or had a, a a more mature attitude, should I say. And by the age I was by by the time I was sixteen, I was able to move out of mm-hmm. of like a family home and get away from the situation that I was in, mm-hmm. which was, you know, that, that was part of my goal. You know, the, the reason I was working so hard every, you know, three pound an hour I was on, but every pound of it went into the, went into a bank and I saved yeah. and saved and saved. And I made it's sure I had It's money. incredibly forward thinking though, as well, isn't it? For a 14 year old to think this is what I need to do. Perhaps it was survival for you. I've got to survive That's- and I've got to get out of here. At the time, yeah, but I didn't realize that only more, only in more recent years with, mm. with, with having some very good therapy sessions, it was understanding actually I was in flight or fight and it mm. was, I, I'd, I'd completely gone into, I did a bit of both. Like yeah. I needed to flee, but I was also fighting for my life. And it was, it was, these are the things that I needed to do. And I think, I don't know, subconsciously, it's crazy to think that even at 14, you know, at a subconscious level, something was driving me to go, yeah. right, you need to do this and this is next, this is next, this is next. And and I, yeah, just plowed through. And also, I know you don't want to go into too much about what was going on for you, but to have that, gosh, just that strength of, and, and that awareness of, you know, I've got to go and do something here and this is my only opportunity, you know, it just it just shows so like so it's just ad, ad, you know admiration for you because from such an early age that was your drive yeah quite clearly 
It reminds yeah. me of my husband, actually. My husband has a very similar story. When he was younger, like you, and he used to just work and work and work. And when he turned 16, he tells me the story of he bought a car and he literally put his possessions in this car and literally left the, left the city. And that was that. It, it is very it is very similar. I was fortunate. Yeah. I worked I worked with a girl that knew the situation I was in mm. and she was looking for a place to live. Obviously at sixteen I couldn't sign for a tenancy. I wasn't mm. old enough. So I gave her uh, all of my the money that I'd earned oh. and, and we put it towards a tenancy and, and we lived together for the best part of two and a half, three years. Oh, wow. And I, and yeah, that, that, that got me out of the situation, but that doesn't mean to say like, I have a really good, I, re, I have a really strong relationship with my mom and I'm, yeah. my, my, my mom's fantastic. And yeah. she's now out of the situation that I was also in. We can, we can, I, I don't want to assume, but we can assume what was going on for you and your mom at that time. And yeah. it was a very difficult one. And, and yeah, who can judge? Nobody's judging, you know, your mother here. Yeah, You're yeah. No, f- fortunately, we're 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 both out of the situation. No, we're all out of the situation, Good. and and yeah, life is 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 far better. Well, she just must be so very proud of you. Yes, she is. Yeah, bless her. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So you stayed there, you know, for two and a half years. Where was that, Dean? Where was this in Manchester? Because that's where you are now. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that was in Manchester, um, mm. and I I was. Uh, so the venue that I worked at, they also owned. Uh, other venues in the northwest, and because it, I was working, and I had a, I, I, looking back, I really did have a brilliant work ethic. I just wanted to work. My, yeah. I think part of it knew and learn. Part, I think big part of that was learn. learn. You loved yeah. learning from people. I just wanted to do anything and everything. And if if I, you know, if I saw that a team was uh, struggling or needed a bit of extra help, I'd be like, can I just go over there and, and help them? And can I go over to that venue and do that? And it was quickly recognized. And, and I was asked to apply for, for an assistant conference and, conference and banqueting manager within the same organization, mm. but over at a different venue. And I was 16 at the time. Wow. Um, and I was like, well, how do I get to the other venue? Like it's, you know, it's, it, 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 it's not close. I'm 16. I don't drive. So I remember like one of the general managers said to me, right, when you're 17, take your driving lessons. The minute you pass, pretty much the, like, I'll interview you, but the job's yours. So that was the next determination. So I was like, right, the minute I turned 17, took my driving lessons within a few weeks, I was, I had lesson after lesson after lesson. Safe for a Lamborghini. (laughs) (laughs) But but, booked my theory, passed my theory, booked my test, passed my test, got the, got, got the, the dream job, you know, the job I'd been dreaming of, moved to a new venue. And, and yeah, so I was like 17 and I, and I was a conference of banking manager responsible for, you know, people's weddings that were 30, 40, 50,000 pound weddings, you know, seating 100, 150 people. And such a and lot was... of responsibility for a 17 year old. At 17, I was working in a restaurant, but I was waiting tables. That was, that was that. That was my responsibility. It's because I think like a, I, I was the youngest, but, you know, even some of the, the, we called them the young ones that came in to help out like as commie chefs and mm-hmm. um, would run around for the for the waiters and the waitresses. And I was still younger than a lot of those. And But what yeah, you had but, was a lot of experience. Yeah. And, and it also, it, there wasn't a, sing, there wasn't a single person that, that went, when I worked at that venue that, that didn't. I gave mutual respect. So mm-hmm. there wasn't a single person there that I ever clashed heads with or the, you know, if I, what, if I said something needed to be done, it would just be done. I think you've always had a mature head on you or an older head on your shoulders and maybe possibly yeah, to do with your yeah. upbringing. I, I, I think absolutely from my upbringing. Yeah. yeah. And I've always, I've, I've always been around older people. Mm-hmm. So even like I had school friends my own age, but I, outside of school, I, I, I always, hung around with people older than me mm. I spent a lot of time with my nana um, and my nana's very well my, my nana was a very wise woman and mm. yeah I think I picked up like maybe a lot of traits from 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 those people even before I started working and then and then obviously from working I was always around older people so yeah I never acted my age I never acted 14 15 when I was well of course when I was as well working. because you you with with the amount that you were working and wanting to earn, you had a need there, didn't you? So you had to get the money in. 
you weren't then going to do perhaps those, I don't know, usual, normal things that teenagers do. And I've said that with, you know, inverted commas there, because they'd perhaps be, you know, going off, maybe drinking, maybe girls, maybe this. And you were doing something very different. Yeah. And I, 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 at the time, I didn't have time for any of that either. Yeah. I was working yeah. around the clock. And when I wasn't in work, I was in school. So I didn't, I didn't really ever feel like I was missing out on, on some of the, the fun social things. I did. I had my social times it with worked. the people in work Yeah, and we'd finish work and we'd all sit around and we'd, mm. we'd tell each other stories and we'd catch up on each other's lives. And again, like sometimes we'd uh, like setting up for a wedding, you know, we'd spend three hours setting up the room, but it was a, it, to me, it wasn't work. It was a proper social event. We'd all have a laugh. We'd put on music. We liked, we'd dance, we'd sing, we'd, but because again, the, the, you know, I, I remember working in a restaurant. It was in a hotel as well. So there was the bar area. There was us guys in the um, the restaurant area. We'd all do the same. We'd all come together at the end of the at the end of the night on that that shift. But we were all generally of the same similar age groups. You know, even our managers. You know, fairly young, all really outgoing, all really sociable. So I remember fondly, you know, those days of of, of kind of supporting my student life yeah it, it, i i say oh i told my sister at, at um a few years after i'd left there like you need to get a bar job i told my uh, brother my younger brother you need to get a bar job just for for a multitude of reasons like the experience the people you'll meet like some of the skills that you'll gain like it will t it, a, a job like that will just set you up you know it'll give you the skills that you just don't get anywhere else and and you will create a a, a great group of group of individuals mm. I still see some of them now and you know I was 15 a long time ago <laughs> yeah so last year yeah yeah you yeah, well you do look good Dean I've got to say <laughs> did you then because we've had a conversation before this in preparation was it then that you decided to go to Wales and um, so so from there I moved on to uh working uh, within an office for a hotel um, I think, I don't know, a part of me said that I wanted to uh, work a nine to five job. Mm. Um, so, but then, I, so I was 18 at this point and because I was so used to working, the nine to five just didn't fit me. So then I got, I got a job also at a nightclub, which is where I met two other friends that they ran. A, there was a, there was a bar and a nightclub in, in mm. Manchester and, and they ran the bar element and and I, I ended up working in the in the nightclub and I'd only worked a few shifts until the general manager asked me, like, we do you what there's a there's a role going and we think you'd be perfect for it. And mm. um, for senior nightclub supervisor. And I was like, hey, well, like this is just a part-time job for me mm. for a bit of fun. Like I, I didn't really want the responsibility. I have a full-time job. Mm -hmm. But I took the role on, which meant that I got to know these other the, these other two friends a lot more mm. because we were in similar roles. And it was around that time that that they were looking at potentially opening up their own bar or pub or mm -hmm. club. But they had roots. They were both from Wales, but lived in Manchester. And they had kind of toyed with the idea of, oh, we want to go back to Wales. So me being, I, I don't know, at 18, I was like, yeah, okay, like, why not? We can, mm. we can, we can open our own pub. So we did. So we moved to, we, we moved to Bangor, North Wales. We opened a pub. We ran it as like a pub nightclub. We brought elements of Manchester to North Wales. It was super successful. We made a bit of money. The um, big university was, uh, population there is, there as well, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a, uh, yeah, the majority of the population is, <laughs> yeah, uh, is the <laughs> So yeah, it was, it, it was great. And that's, it, it was, it was within that environment that I'd, that I'd met my business partner. So, and he's from Wales. So I'd met him. We ran the pub for a while me and my other two business partners and then they wanted to go off and do something different I wanted to go off and do something different so we parted ways got rid of the pub I ended up staying in Wales I got a job within the corporate world and I worked in financial technology data wow internal applications and again it was a skill that like I just I knew I had to do something mm. so I just I taught myself just and I'm the up. type well, I'm the type of person I don't, I, if, if somebody tells me, I, I need to know the ins and outs of everything. Mm -hmm. So I remember like one job in North Wales, me telling the general manager, like, 
oh no, and I need to know like what they do and what they do. And she's like, you don't, it's got mm. nothing to do with your job. I was like, no, I do. I need to know. And before I left there, like five and a half years, I worked there before I left there. I knew, you know, what every department did and I could do what every department did. And I would step into different departments and assist. And all the while, yeah, this is where I like, I'd, so I'd met my business partner and we'd started to do like certain businesses together. Mm. We did a bit of landscape gardening mm. while I was still working full time. And then in 2016 is when I moved back to back to Manchester. And in 2016, I lost my nana, and it was oh. kind of just like she was like a mum. You know, yeah. she was she was a proper mum. Like I lived with her for a while. You're very close yeah, was, to her. I think I as well. Super you, close. Um, not to um, stereotype here, but when families are difficult or you know broken homes, it's quite often the grandparents who step in. And, you know, the save my husband, actually, he was very close to his granny and she only died last year or a year before she reached a hundred though, but he was very close to her. Yeah. 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 So that must have been a massive impact on you. It was a huge Mm. impact and I don't know what happened to my head. My head fell off. Right. (laughs) Like, I don't, I really don't know what happened. Yeah, it was. But that's it with grief, isn't it? It can just come to us right out of the blue in a way, I mean, you know, it's going to be sad. You know, it's a great sadness, but it can really knock you off your feet. And I think that's what a lot of us struggle with. We think, oh, well, we were expecting this or we knew this was going to happen. What's what's up with you? And we can be very critical of ourselves. Yeah. And I'd made some like really big decisions in the, literally the snap of a finger. I'd gone into work, I'd like leave my job. I'm moving from Wales. I'd, I'd, I had a life in Wales. I'd lived really? there for 10 plus years. Like I had friends, I had a a, a, a good job mm-hmm. yeah and within a heartbeat I, I decided I need to move back like I want to be closer to my to my like blood family mm. so I did <laughs> pack them up move, move back to Manchester yeah and then got a job in the in the in the corporate world and things kind of start I think for a long time I'd because I'd been so busy or what yeah. I what 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 I what I think I've discovered about myself is because I'd been so busy I'd been able to suppress certain things and just keep certain things like boxed up mm-hmm. at the back of my mind and I and don't want to think about any of them and they're going away and this is what I'm doing and you're focused yeah exactly and I think mm-hmm. the move back to Manchester kind of certain memories it brought yeah, certain triggers. things back and I was yeah dealing with the, the loss of my nana, the change of everything, you know, I'd give my job up, I'd give my house up, like, you know, packed everything up and moved, moved, moved back to Manchester. And it, and I w- it was kind of like I was starting again, which was, Did you, know, you ever think I'll go back to Wales or was that just not even in your... In your- no, I don't know. At, at, the, at that time, I don't even know what I was focusing on. Mm-hmm. I, I think I thought that by just mixing everything up, it was going to make me feel better. So I, I wasn't feeling great and you know, I wasn't, I wasn't totally happy in the job that I had at the time. Like I'd been there five and a half years. I was starting to become stale. I was like, right, this is, you know, I know everything. I've, I've gone as high as I can go. This is like, what do I do next? And then my nana died. It was kind of like, to me, I took it as a sign. Almost of, like All a right, sign. Yeah. It's yeah, a sign here it, that something needs to change. That it's, that it's time to go. So, yeah. So I made that move, move back to moved back to Manchester and started again. So I got a job in the corporate world. But you said that your head wobbled there. So was that all very difficult for you to start again? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was difficult. It was, it, it was, I went on a, on a mad journey of self-discovery. I, I spent a lot, a, a, a good period not understanding who I was, yeah. where I was, why I was. I'd look at myself in the mirror and be like, I just, you know, I'm not, really sure who's looking back at me it's almost like your nan's death as well was that impactful to you that it actually made you stop and analyze yourself or stop and say what who am I what's going on here that that kind of question that we cannot ask ourselves in 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 those difficult moments as well yeah I think prior to that just being so busy and yeah yeah, just be like, oh, work, 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 and outside yeah. of work, my own businesses, and then like, like no time for anything else. Wall, isn't it? Boom, bam, yeah. And here's everything, and I'm just going to throw everything right now at you and deal with it all. Yeah, and I went through quite a difficult period of, yeah, yeah. wondering who I was. Or... 
yeah. what 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 I was, what I wanted to do, like yeah, with everything, with life, with the people that I associated with. All of with, those kind of philosophical questions, but the questions that really matter and actually can leave us feeling really overwhelmed. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, and I think I, yeah, I think I did have periods where I was, I, I did the poor me, of mm. it, like the the the, the self pity, the 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 wallowing. I picked and myself we're allowed, up. I, we're allowed to go through those times, though. We are allowed to sit there and say to ourselves, okay, this is really rubbish. This is really crap, you know, so down in the dumps. And then you just said that you picked yourself up. And how, yeah. how did you do it? Because that takes a lot of strength. Now I realize that it's fine to, so there's way, so for me, there's ways of dealing with, with your emotions and with, yes. And the way that I was dealing with it was the way that I knew to deal with it, but it yeah. wasn't the right way. It didn't help me. It 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 sent it me in a, in a it, no. It sent me in a in a downward spiral and yeah. was just making me worse. Are you talking um, about the kind of unhealthy coping mechanisms there? Very unhealthy coping yeah. mechanisms, and I relate yeah, to yeah, that so completely. Self destruct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't doing anything that was the assisting fact is you me. You don't on, even on. really know what it's doing to you at the time. It's just that in that moment, it just feels better. It's just an escapism. It closes the mind off from just chatter. It just quietens everything down, doesn't it? But That's at the end of the day, everything's still there the next day and probably worse because of our worse, own yeah. feelings then. And maybe that problem is even might have escalated into something else. It is a vicious circle. Absolutely. And that's that's what was happening. It was a vicious mm. downward spiral. It was around that time that, that my uncle got in contact yeah. with me. They're like this story. Was, yeah, we wait for you to get to this point. Yeah. Which was quite like I, I have a relationship with my, my uncle's quite a private person, mm-hmm. uh, keeps himself to himself. Uh, that's my mum's brother. Um, he's uh, got his head screwed on. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he's like yeah I, like i don't know how to do he's just he, he just keeps himself to himself and he's and, and he's he, and he on no yeah, <laughs> yeah no, really, he's no, there. <laughs> you know you always get you always get a gift off him for your birthday and your christmas yeah. and you, you might see him occasionally at, at family dues but you know he just keeps himself to himself mm-hmm. and you don't really hear much from him uh but he reached out to me and and asked if i oh can you do you want to come for breakfast because i'm like don't think I don't actually remember a time that I'd eaten with him. So I was like, this is very strange. And I, at the time I thought, oh, I think because my mum was getting worried about me and my mm-hmm. mental state and my health. So I just thought, oh, maybe like my mum's reached out to him. Mm-hmm. And because him and my mum are close, you know, brother and sister, they're, they're, they're quite close. So I thought maybe at the time, like my mum's just reached out to him and he's just going to have a word and say, mm-hmm. you know, like, what, 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 what's up? Let's like, you pull yourself together. That's that. So I went to breakfast thinking, you know, he's just gonna gonna that that's how it's gonna roll. So we sat down for breakfast and we're having a nice chat and and a, and a, and a catch up. And he'd not mentioned anything about like me or the the things I was doing, the self destruct I was on. And I was like, this is really like this is just weird. Like what's going on? And then he said to me, I've done something for you, and it's up to you whether you want to take them. But I've paid for a therapist or, or a set number of therapy sessions mm-hmm. with this therapist that I think is perfectly placed for you and I would like you to to you know to even just go to one see how you feel I think she could really help you but the only thing I ask of you is that you pass it on and I was yeah. like okay like okay and people around me had said mate like you tried therapy and I had I'd tried at like a couple of different therapists and I'd tried hypnotherapy mm-hmm. uh, and I'd gone down the NHS route and mm-hmm. it, yeah uh, to me like it, it it didn't work at the time and I wasn't maybe so, at that time you were just doing therapy at where I've been once upon a time just to appease other people or sometimes was, in a way yeah you're appeasing others it wasn't for yourself so of course you're going to go to go into those therapy classes hypnotherapy classes being there and it's not work because I haven't wanted it to work so I haven't yeah. put any of myself in there. And it's this, I also, since talking to you last time, you know, this has stuck with me, this story, because as a therapist myself, if somebody calls me and says, I'm looking for a therapist for, you know, for my wife, my partner, whoever, and I'll say, okay, 
do they really want it? You know, because yeah. quite often if that person doesn't and 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 quite rightly, these people are just desperate for this person to get help. It's a little bit of a tricky one. But I love this because you've given me kind of another insight, Dean, that you went, oh, oh, okay. You've not mentioned anything about what I'm going through, but now you've hit me with this therapy and I've tried therapy, but you've said something to me and I love this sentence. And he said, just pass it on. Yeah. So I think you're right. You, you, you're definitely right with where I was at, mm-hmm. just paying it lip service. I, I, I was just going because somebody had said it, it might work. If I mm-hmm. didn't want to be there. I didn't. I was already in the mindset. This, is, this isn't going to yeah. help. But the fact that... My, it was, I think it was the way in which my uncle had delivered it to me that, you know, I, he, he wasn't, you need to go, it, it wasn't a, you no. need to go to therapy. It you wasn't. You must do a, this because we don't like being told what to do, do we? No, I don't. I no. don't. I, I don't. I get don't. Told. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do the opposite. Because, thanks very much. But I think a lot of us can be, can be like quite that. rebellious. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it was just in the way that which he delivered it to me and was, you know, uh, saying that, uh, that I will, that she's perfect for me, and that, and that she will be able to help. And I don't know. He's he, he has got a brilliant way with words. Mm. He's very well read, and, and all of that was in my mind. Like, mm. oh, hang on, like you know, he's. I I know he's quite well read, and I know like so is he manipulating like me? Re- oh, oh, I thought, oh, maybe a respect for him to think. Well, if you think it's good, then maybe you've got something there. Because I think at the time, like my head was was on like what what. What's he getting at? Like, what, what, what's he getting out of this? Always, yeah, I just wasn't looking at it always on the defense. I wasn't looking at it in, in, in the right way. And then he said, yeah, but all you need to do, all you need to do, to do is, is pay it forward, is, is pass it on. So I went, I met this therapist and instantly, like, Connected. just loved the woman. She understood. She understood me without me speaking, but then I realized, which I think was beneficial, is she'd given my uncle therapy sessions when when we lost my nana. And so she kind of already knew some of my story. Mm-hmm. And she kind of already knew some of like what I was going through and some of maybe some of my pain points. And I don't know how much my, how much my uncle had, I don't know how much my uncle knew mm-hmm. of, of like what was going on at in, in my childhood and he things. He could have even seen a little bit of himself in you. You know, there could have been a little bit of identification as like, maybe he's thinking, gosh, Dean, I've been there, you know, and I'd like you to talk to this lady, perhaps because she's really helped him. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I discovered that she had really helped him. Um, I discovered that me and this therapist had a lot in common. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd been through similar things. We lived in a very similar place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just at, from from there, like yeah, the the amount that she helped me, just I think I was getting a little bit choked. The oh. just the re like the realization or the the the, the things that she helped me unbox yeah. and the way in which she helped me unbox them. She but really, like, she really because. Really, let's face it, maybe since a very young age, you've just been legging it, legging it all the time, running away, running away, running away. Your little legs yeah. couldn't carry you fast enough. And you come to this crossroads almost, this, you know, block in the wall. And when you met her, because I've had this too, and you feel and you sit with somebody and you just have that, maybe that like, you know, those great big sighs of like, it's all okay. And release release let's get yeah. to the bottom of it let's unpick it you're in a safe space you know you're secure you trust me trust you and you just know that maybe is the right and also sometimes it's sometimes in therapy it can be the wrong time anyway and perhaps this was the right time for you you were ready you were done you were exhausted you were sick of doing it all on your own and you're like I'm gonna unpick this now which yeah, is a place absolutely. where we, we we generally do get to with therapy, I that, think. So we sometimes I'd like, I'm trying to encourage people to come sooner. But, you know, generally we get to that place where I'm just so tired now and I can't do this anymore on my own. Yeah, for me, it yeah. was definitely the right time and yeah. she was the right person. Yeah. And I don't know whether she, I, I don't know whether she is a different person with each of her clients. Mm-hmm. But she she delivered things in the exact 
way that I needed. She went to the le- level of detail that I needed. She yeah, because she said right... to me, didn't you, that she'd like go into like, this real detail and it's as if she knew how much you enjoyed detail and you needed to know yeah. everything. You said to me, I said, it's like I needed to know what theory is that? Who said it? Where did it come from? <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. And with other therapists, I know they've just, they've just read a line from a book to me and I'm like, right, but I, I don't, I don't think that you understand that. So how are you trying to make me understand that? <laughs> yeah. and I, like, and then my head just goes off. But with her, it was very much. I, I try not know, to do that, Dean. I try, I try not to. Yeah. With her, it was very much like, I think it could be this or we, we could explore this, but this is the reason why. And this is what is going on inside your body. And these are the, this is what's happening with your hormones and the chemicals in your body. And this is the way that neurons fire from your brain. And, and I was like, this is it. Like this, this, it this made, woman. It, no, made, like, it made sense to you, basically. For me, it did. Yeah. It was, you know, it was kind of, yeah. It, I honestly felt that she'd done some research on me and my, like, personality and who I was. Mm-hmm. And, and she'd really discovered, actually, like, how do we, how do we target what, what the, the way that, the way that Dean will understand or that mm-hmm. will accept. I think that was more it. Like, mm-hmm. not, I'm not willing to accept somebody just telling me, uh, it's this because I say it is. No, like, yeah. I need to know the ins and outs, the how did you get to that? What studies were done? What like, and, and she really, she, she really nailed it with that. And yeah, therapy was great. And I, and I was um, telling you about, I'll tell you again that, that what, so I did the therapy for a long time. Mm-hmm. I, I, I got myself into a, in, into a much stronger space, but I wasn't in a good place in terms of where I was, like my, my work, what mm-hmm. I was doing for work. I was putting in way too many hours, underappreciated, un- un- underpaid. So I was g- going through therapy and that was great. And I was getting my mental state back. But at the same time, I wasn't happy. It, it made me question a lot more. So as I was getting weller, it made me have more questions around like, why am I, why am I, why am I still rocking up to that job that I, I no longer like, why am I still putting in 110% when there's people within that organization that don't even put in 10%? Mm. Why am, why am I going in early and finishing late? Why am I even bothered about like, is this, is this job even something that I enjoy doing? Well, you, like, you'd grown, hadn't you? And you'd grown also in your confidence and you regained your strength back again. And so that, that then leaves us really curious and, and very questioning then of what else is going on and rather than passively moving through it you're now looking at something rather actively saying well I've changed this is still the same so this has got to change yes yeah it was very much questioning a lot more things around mm-hmm. around my life and me and Jay had my business partner had mm-hmm. like toyed with property beforehand but in 2019 we were like should we should we get serious with this mm-hmm. like should we start a business? And and we did, we got serious. And I finally left the corporate world at the end of last year. And, and I'm now, you know, just full-time on my own businesses. And it, and, and, and we've gone from, yeah, from, from strength to strength. But that, the sentence that my uncle gave mm. me that you, you have to pay it on stayed with me for a long time. No. And for a long time, I was looking for, honestly looking for people like, right, um, I, in my head, I, in my head, I saw I need to find somebody that that can't afford therapy, and that I need to pay for therapy though. For so I was like looking for a long time, like right, I'm like, do they need therapy? Maybe be... Therapist radar. <laughs> yeah, I was like, but actually, it was only more recently that I kind of had the realization that actually my uncle didn't mean that I need no. to go out and pay for therapy for someone. No. There will come a point in my life, and there has been. In, in the last 12, 18 months yeah. where I've been in a position that I can offer help mm-hmm. in, in, all, in all magnitude of things, financially, well, emotionally. And even as we um, said at the beginning, you know, you've been an area that you may now go into is the coaching world as well as what you'll do with the property world. But that's coaching others, giving them your expertise and, and giving them what you know to pass on. And, yes, and it, exactly. It, it's amazing the way 
I, I love what he said. And I'd like to use what your uncle says for myself in future, you know, to, or just have that in your head, like pay it on. Whatever I do, like pay that on or whatever somebody does for me. It's it's like that idea of gratitude in the universe, isn't it? And that spiritual side. But, you know, yeah, so on that side, you are paying it on because you are helping others. But what else do you think it meant to you? I, I now understand what it means, what it, what it means to me. But at the time, yeah, I, all I thought was like, because, because after I'd used the session of uh, the, the, the set number of sessions that mm. my uncle had paid for, I was like, I want to continue mm. and I, I'll pay for it myself. So then mm. I realized oh, actually like the cost of it was mm. quite substantial. And I was like, mm. hang on. He like, so I was just always thinking he's just gifted me like X amount of money. Um, and I need to, like, I need to gift that on, but it, mm. but, but it wasn't, it was so much more than that. It was, you know, I realized now that he was, he, he was in the position to be able to firstly identify that mm. I needed help mm-hmm. and that he was able to provide that help in some way, shape or form and put me in touch with the right person at the right time, mm-hmm. uh, and, and for, uh, front the cost of it. I think it's a lovely um, story. I also think, you know. I don't know, but maybe like for you, for him to say pay it on was, so if Dean, if you use it, take it in, stock it up, you know, yes. and, and use it to your advantage. So I, I'd like to know, have you, uh, have you spoken about it ever to your uncle afterwards? Yeah, we've spoken because like, I think my first therapy session was quite a few years ago and I still yeah. see the same therapist. Oh, do um, you? That's that. good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Still yeah. I don't think I will ever not see her. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's been so important for me mm-hmm. for my for everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've had conversations with 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 my uncle about it, but maybe not not as not as in depth. He's quite just a mm-hmm. straightforward. Yeah, like Con. yeah, I'm not yeah. sure. Like he's not he's not a, a lovey dovey per. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think it would be like. Yeah, it sounds like a little. That sounds to me someone who's kind of old school, you know. Yep, Dean, you did the job. Yep, fine, move on. So we're done. Yeah. You know, but I'm sure really underneath it all, he's really pleased to see you now to say, and that you're still, you, or maybe just that what he did, maybe a little bit of risky, because sometimes I said we don't like to be told to go and see a therapist. Uh, certainly yeah. not maybe a few years ago. Of course, it's getting better and better all the time. But perhaps he just sits there now and goes like, yeah, he's done good. I'm proud of him. You know that, like, yeah. the, you know, like all the people tend to have that knowing, like, yeah, wise, wiseness. That's what I love. Yeah, yeah. I think I think there might the the there might be elements of that, but yeah, we've spoken about it briefly, but not in depth. Mm-hmm. Like, I think at some point I will get to the point where I say, actually, like, where I sit him down and say, actually, do you? Like, I'm not sure whether you realise, but I want to tell you how much, mm-hmm. like. What you did what an impact. Helped, helped, yeah, helped shape like where I'm at now. Dean, tell him um, to listen to Bouncing Back Stronger and he can hear <laughs> all about it. <laughs> He's very big on, on, on podcasts and yeah. I'll, I'm sure he likes uh, to listen to his When it's released out. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I'll tell him it's on. So Dean, what's, what's next for you now? You've had quite a journey, an amazing journey, a true bouncer backer, I must say. What's, what's on the cards for you now? So right now we have a lot in the pipeline and mm-hmm. um, I've set myself a plan to concentrate on the business for the next um, 12 months at mm-hmm. least. Uh, we want to grow as big as as we can. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, we've already had people reaching out to us for um, mentorships and mm-hmm. uh, coaching sessions. And so I'm working with a few people at the minute in that capacity. Both me and my business partner help quite a few people you know, have helped quite a few people mm. over the years get into property or advise them on certain things that we've done that maybe wasn't great and that you don't need to do, like you can mm. avoid this. So I like, yeah, I'm that's it, isn't it? Don't do, don't do these things, folks. Do this instead. We've learned. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of people that are wanting to get into the space that we're in just see the point, they, they, they see where we're at. And mm. um, so they come to us and speak to us like, how did you get to here? And like, I tell you what I can, I, I know what I can tell you is mm. don't do this, 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 mm. this and this, because we did that and we learned mm. the hard way. Mm-hmm. And now we've put things in place to make sure that like we're correctly set up to, mm. to scale and, and move forward. Yeah. And um, 
So yeah, I'd like to like we are working towards progressing it in that space. Yeah. But for me, it's right now. I love what I do. You know, I I absolutely love being in in the property space. Yeah. And yeah, so I no longer have the the, the dread of waking up and thinking like, oh God, I've got to go to the office. Like now, yeah. I like, I love I love what I do. I I work constantly. It, and it's it, it, it's fantastic. And I'm sure people listening to this. Would, would say, you know, if you can find something that you love to do when it pays the bills, and that's amazing. I think that's where we'd all like to be, if I'm honest. So you've done yeah, really, absolutely. really well. Yeah, you have. Yeah, and I think part, that's that's why part of both me and my business partner enjoy uh, helping people get into either mm. this space or, or, or something similar because yeah. we've seen that, you know, yeah, by... We, we, yeah, we are monetizing something that we absolutely love and enjoy. Yeah. Like, how, how awesome is that? Yeah. There's, there's no, there's no grunts. There's no, oh my God, do I have to get up and do this? There's mm-hmm. like, I, I love everything that I do. Every day is different. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, you know, we've, we've, if I look back, we've done a lot, but if I look forward, there's so much in the pipeline and everything's different. And it's like, oh, that's going to be cool. That's going to be cool. Like, yeah. And this is where, you know, like when you hit that brick wall, when your nan died and you hit that brick wall, you came back from Wales and I'm sure that you just felt like what's, you know, that just looked really bleak for you and you were in a pit basically. But sometimes we can look at things, can't we, and actually show gratitude for it and say, well, thank you for those things that happened to me. Thank you that, thank you for my uncle. Thank you that I did come back to Manchester because and thank you then for me being accepting of going to therapy because it's now all like this and if it hadn't perhaps gone through those processes it could have been very different i think gratitude's such an important thing and it yeah. plays a massive part of my life now every day every every day i'll either write my gratitude list mm. or i'll revisit one that i've written very recently mm. maybe add to it pick up on a few things and just either make people aware that i am Truly you know, grateful very, for you. Or truly for what, grateful. Yeah. Or sometimes like some people will laugh at me or they'll read an email that I've sent and they're like, well, that's a bit cheesy. Like you didn't need to be so grateful. She only did one thing for you. And I'm like, no, but she didn't. I don't think that person that did that one thing in that office realized yeah. the, 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 the effect that that's had on the deal that I'm doing. Yeah, just like, how much it I, helped. She, you know, I, I needed some documentation. She did, She went above and beyond. She didn't have to. She got it me within minutes. And it and it that that was it was truly beneficial for like what the way that my day played out. So I like I wrote a post I, and it was about I think JFK I think so. Don't quote me on it. It is a quote. And he went to the NASA space station obviously years ago, and he spoke to a janitor and a, he said to the janitor, "What do you oh or what do you do here?" And the janitor said, "I'm helping put a rocket in space." And what you can take away from that is, okay, he's the janitor and perhaps some can look at him, well, he's just a cleaner. But everybody within an organisation or anywhere, family, an organisation, you know, whatever it may be, has an impact, makes some Absolutely. sort of contribution. So I think that's lovely. I think it's lovely what you did, Dean, and I think it's so true. And quite often those people may be in the smaller roles, feel that they don't make an impact or that they're not important well they are yes yeah it, you know? I'd, uh, and and my current business coach and mentor is uh, very big on 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 gratitude mm. and has helped me uh, build uh, a routine where gratitude is part of that routine mm-hmm. and i think it's it is so so important and, and sometimes heart, it might come i think it might come across as cheesy or, you know, the person might be like, well, that's a bit OTT. I only, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, is he okay? I only yeah. open the door. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, but it, I, you know, and I don't go OTT about it. It's actually but that you know, as well, if you do that, do you put a smile on that person's face as well? Exactly. And that then puts a smile on my face. Exactly. And so it's, and then you're like, quite well, now I've, that costs nothing, I it? go about my day with a bigger mm. smile on my face, knowing mm. that that person's got a smile on, on their face. And they don't realize the impact of that one little thing that they've done really helped me at that time. So, yeah. Even gratitude. just us talking about it now and those little stories has made me feel really warm. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's the like, same. oh, yeah, let's I get break that, like, that. 
really have a great day, you know? Yeah. So Dean, we're coming to the end. And when we do, I always ask my guests to, we've spoken about so much and there's a lot for listeners to unpick, but is there one thing, <laughs> probably gratitude, was there one thing, one takeaway that you would say to somebody listening today? For me, probably something along the lines of, I don't know how to say it, but I'm trying to say that, you know, even in your darkest times, mm-hmm. that, that, that there is, yeah. there is always brighter times ahead. And it's, I, I, it, I, it comes across as corny or, oh, like just read Cliched, from the textbook, like yeah. but, but, and sometimes, yeah, you might not want to hear, or you might not understand when somebody says that to you, but it mm-hmm. is so true mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. It, it's difficult when you're in the moment, yeah. but you're not going to always be in that moment. For me, I always say this is temporary. It's temporary. It's not a lifelong thing. It's not going to last forever. It's very much a temporary situation. And yeah, you, absolutely. you may not be able to control those external things that are completely out of your power, but you can control your internal, what's within you, and we can start there and we can build. I- nail on the head people places and things mm. i have no control over what i have control over is me mm. how i treat people and the energy that i give out that, that that's it whatever's happening with people places and things none of my business yeah nothing you can do yeah. there just look after look yourself that. and look after number one dean exactly. it's, it's been an amazing conversation thank you very much for for oh, coming on the much. show And we'll include all of your links in the show notes so that if people out there are listening, I'm sure you're going to have a a really full inbox and they can get in touch with you. But thanks again, Dina. Thanks for coming on. That's brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you. And that's a wrap for this episode of Bouncing Back Stronger. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you found inspiration and valuable insights to help you bounce back stronger in your own life. I'd love to hear from you, so please feel free to share your thoughts, insights or personal stories of resilience by reaching out to me via email or my social media channels in the show notes. I'll leave you with this. Resilience is a journey and we're in this together. Farewell for now, bouncer backers, and I look forward to seeing you all next week for more like this.